0: Welcome, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. This is Revive Imagination with your host, Vibe Revive. I had to bring Jack in the Way back on the podcast again because we only really touched on some of the capabilities that Web3 has for artists. So this episode is all about Web3 artist DAOs and how you can use Web3 to create an even more meaningful and impactful community for your superfans. Without further ado, this is the show. I brought you here again today because I thought we had some really cool discussions um, over our last meeting about some Web3 stuff, but it ended up being a little bit towards the end and uh, sprinkled throughout. And then since we had that last conversation you have been doing a lot more work and a lot more diving and a lot more research on these topics. So when we were talking because you did my stream graphics, we decided it would be excellent to have you back on the show again to pretty much exclusively cover everything Web 3.0 that you've gotten into up to this point. So I guess my first question is um, about the artist, uh, residency program, I think it was that you were getting into. I know I saw the application for that. Uh, I'm not sure how far you are in the process. Um, but I was curious cause I was reading like the Twitter, um, article that you had sent me about it. And I was curious to know a little bit more about what the artist residency is and what it is that you'll be doing for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I think the way that I'll answer this is first I'm going to kind of answer it like literally, like what is the residency, where is it in the process, and all that, and then Mm -hmm. I feel like, particularly because of that for that answer, it might help to zoom out as well. So to begin with, so the residency program was put on by this organization. uh, The abbreviated, yeah, the abbreviated term for this kind of organization is a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization. So DAO. Um, to describe what a DAO is, it's sort of like a cross between like an online community, a co-op type of thing, and in some ways a company. Depending on depending on the DAO, uh, but it, the the point of it is for it to be d- as democratically um, governed as possible, and using blockchain technology to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so in this case, this organization called Forefront wanted to put on an artist residency, and as you were just saying with the that article I sent you, um, basically it was an open call to any creators within the Web3 space, within the new internet, using tools in the new internet, trying to create projects in the new internet, um, experience, have, having experiences to talk about within the new internet. I, I would say I'm one of those people. Um, mm-hmm. And in the idea, uh, I think... Moved then from okay, so they reached out to an open call, and they actually before they even uh, put the applications out, they asked me if I would make the theme song for it. So this is actually the first way, the the actually like the original way that I heard about the residency wasn't just because I was like trying to look for opportunities. It was actually that they needed music for like the theme song of the residency.
0: I'm really curious. How did they end up finding you, or how were you (laughs) the one that they picked up for that? So.
1: Yeah, so this goes further back because I have been making music for them for a little while. Uh, I haven't done it a ton, but it's been a while since I first started making like music for them. And it was usually like short podcast theme song intro music, stuff like that. And so I think it started probably, it was like last August. Somebody from a different organization that I'm a part of called Song Camp, which we'll definitely talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, he had no, he just connected me with them and they were looking for someone to make some fast high energy rap music for their podcast. And so I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And so from there it was sort of like, you know, I was just on their list. I was just available to them to, um, you know, basically commission for, for work. Um, so I made the theme song, I heard about it. I applied. There were, I think 90 or something applications. And then out of those 90 or so people, 16 were chosen as finalists. And that's when I sent you the article and stuff was, I was chosen as a finalist. So there were 16 finalists out of the 90 total applications. So it was pretty fun to get to that point and kind of be part of the meet and greets and, and stuff like that. Then there was a voting round and only six of those 16 were chosen. I was not in one of those six. So Okay. I'm, I didn't, I was like a finalist for the residency and I'm kind of included on uh, some of the project stuff, but I'm, I'm not like, I'm not having to commit full time to the residency now, which also okay. means I'm not getting paid, but I sort of am getting paid anyway, because I made the theme song and they're including me in the splits for any NFTs that get sold to fundraise for the residency. Sweet. So, so which is kind of tight. So I. I had involvement anyway. Uh, but I'm not one of the full-time residents. That being said, my partner Alex Purdy, she is one of the full-time residents. Ah, congratulations! Um, which is really great. Alex, so, so I was really excited. Yeah, I was really excited about that. Hell so, yeah. so that's where it's at now. And they're kind of just getting going and and having meet and greet and behind the scenes sessions and and talking to people of all the different projects. Um, but I do want to kind of get back to like. I feel like a zoomed out place, which is what I was saying I would get to eventually that I think could actually get us push us along in our conversation as well. Perfect. Which is that I think this residency is one example of of several that are recent in which the like web three new internet world, particul- per- particularly the crypto spaces and the cr- crypto connected spaces, so DAO organizations, mm-hmm. are looking for ways to give opportunities to artists in this in these spaces. And I think it comes from just seeing other organizations do it successfully. And so I think Forefront is, interestingly enough, kind of at the forefront of doing this. They're definitely one of the first that I've noticed that have a really well-thought-out residency program that is truly, like, really, really, really uh, compensating artists for full-time work. I mean, the, the idea is to have it be a four-week residency and then pay $4,000 for it. So the idea mm-hmm. is this should cover for the most part, at least, living expenses and, and other expenses that come along with being, you know, a full-time creator. Right. So so I think that the there is sort of a little bit of a cultural shift in the communities of Web3 moving toward wanting to find ways to uh, support creators, and both because I think people are seeing the value of it in, in these communities, but also because it's now kind of becoming cool. to do it which i'm always happy about you know i can't always count on that forever that it's cool to support creators and have opportunities for artists and um, and new ways of valuing it but yeah
0: what do you think about it makes it seem makes it seem cool now like what do you think it's because it's sort of a trendy thing um with web3 being more fresh um or what made you make that remark
1: Yes, I do think that it's fresh. I definitely think that it's fresh. I think what it also is actually, um I would say this is probably the main thing at least from my perspective is that what independent artists are doing, like the I'm when I say independent artists, I don't necessarily mean like celebrities that aren't on labels. I mean independent artists like you and me. I right. mean like like almost like if there was a way to be like blue collar artists, you know, like right. uh, like a way in which we are just like, you know, we're, we don't have a lot of the extravagance that a celebrity might make you think um, and when celebrities paired so closely with artists. So I would say like, you know, your everyday um, artist that is not living an extravagant label life, they're independent, they do most of their stuff themselves, they're most likely also their own entrepreneur in some form or fashion. A mm-hmm. lot of these people that have learned many skills, I think that the... There are a lot of them in the Web3 world because the Web3 world is also very self-directed and 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 kind of rewards autodidacts, people that are able to learn things on their own mm-hmm. and teach themselves stuff. Yeah. And these people, so people like you and me, like other artists that are like like multi, multi-disciplinary artists like that, are entering into these spaces and because they have multiple skill sets, they're doing a lot more than just like make music or doing a lot more than just make cover artwork. They are doing that. We, We are doing that, but we are also experimenting and coming up with amazing new sort of like tools and ways of releasing projects and ways of engaging community. And I think that is what's cool. And yeah. I, and I and I don't mean cool like it's just hype. I mean it's cool like it's actually cool. Like right. it's actually ama- an amazing experience to be somebody in these communities. And I think that other communities that have not maybe centered artists are seeing the benefits of having multidisciplinary independent sort of free-thinking loose artists in their communities. And so, somebody like Forefront is very smart. I mean, they already had artists involved and were obviously giving opportunities to artists, but this was a very formalized approach that I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's it's really, it, it seems to me it's just a response to seeing the value of, of artists, like be before the art, like the value of creators, like the value so, of the creator.
0: Like the value of having that creative mindset and how people, with that mindset and also the ability to self-learn also the ability to understand this technical side of, of the different applications and the different DAWs and the different formats and video and audio, um, and automating things, outreach marketing. There's so many different avenues and somebody that has the ability to understand both the technical side as well as the creative side. I could definitely see as being an incredibly value valuable asset to a company, it's funny because there was actually um, a patron at the restaurant that I work at who came in, and he was talking to me about—I hope I still have the notes somewhere. out uh, there in one of my little order booklets, so sometimes pages are about—but <laughs> he was talking to me about some really, really cool, influential people over the last 60 years that came out from the audio community into the more corporate sector and ended up having— super uh, breakthrough um, technological revelations because of things that they figured out in the musical space. So Uh. one of them was a random signal generator that somebody was just using for noise. But for some reason, uh, and I could be remembering this wrong, but there's something along these lines. For some reason, they were able to uh, use this as an encryption method and so it ended up being a really, really popular huh. and groundbreaking encryption method that was used in the 60s or the 70s or something like that. And it was from an engineer for a rock Damn. band or something. So I found that really interesting and also relevant to my recent experience that you were seeing how these creatives could be valued in that way. And um, if this doesn't disrupt the flow too much of where you're going, I'm kind of curious as to what other... Uh, ways that these digital creators as well as artists are going to be um, not only benefiting Forefront, but also how will working with Forefront or other DAOs like it be really beneficial to the artist?
1: Wow, great question. Perfect for the flow. I had nothing else, so I appreciate that. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, beneficial for creators. Well, you know, I could speak from my own personal experience and I... I would be, I feel like I could extrapolate outwards from there. Okay. Um, I, w- I would say that for the creator, and definitely in my experience, for the creator, um, having access to these opportunities first gives you access to income. And income that right. comes from treasuries that are built on a lot more than just money going to, be, to buy music. It's not like, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not income in the way that like Spotify streams are income. It's income, like, like a check you can count on. Um,
0: yeah. That's and, huge, and it's consistent, not, reliable income for me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And not to say that it's easy to get and not mm-hmm. even to say that it's consistent with these organizations because it's all about, it's a democratic process. Like think to get paid, it has to be voted in by the community. Mm. So it's not that it's easy, but it, it is. Just a radically different method of of um, just of just generating income as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that being said, um, what I also see that is um, maybe even more beneficial, you could say, is that it there is um, a sense of community that is created between the artists and the community, in this case, it might be Forefront, it might be Song Camp for me, where there are future opportunities with that with that community. And by engaging in one opportunity, it opens multiple doors. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, when I was part of Song Camp, I got to know people from our, so our online songwriting camp. That was sort of like a residency, but a, just different, a different kind of opportunity, but similar in that I I knew what I was getting into up front. I didn't have to hope to get a certain amount of streams or anything. I just knew, okay, I'm going to get paid for this, this, and this, and this. Um, and it gets more and more certain over time because these are we're experimenting here. Um, but yeah, and so because of that, because I was part of that that experiment, I got the opportunity with forefront, and I got to connect with other communities. And I and it's not to say that like things aren't already possible like that without web3 mm-hmm. but because web3 is so fresh and there are so many people that are just building and there especially w- within these organizations people that are there because they just want to be there because if you didn't want to be there and you were just there to like get money it's not worth it definitely not worth it like these communities are not worth being a part of if somebody just wants a cash grab it's mm. just like I even, I even at the very beginning, I didn't understand what any of these were. And I thought that's what you were there to do. And I didn't get it. And then I quickly was like, oh, oh, this is not like crypto stuff. Like, right. yes, it uses blockchain technology, but it's not crypto. Like, it's not it, like do nothing,
0: it, randomly get rich, right. uh, no, and 99% yeah. of you just lose everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's pretty much like the opposite. Like there is no money asked of you to invest in mm-hmm. order to make money. There, All that is asked of you is your attention and energy and good faith. And if a person doesn't have that or is not interested in the community, that's totally cool. I have plenty of communities that I've joined that I, or, or joined their, you know, Discord or whatever where I didn't feel a connection and that's okay. That, that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So I think, I think it's, it's, it's income that the income, there are new opportunities for income that are valuable, mm-hmm. like really, really valuable. And the other about that is that it, opens access to so many more doors because of the kinds of communities that there are. So that I'm not I'm not building community and connecting with community in the sense that I have a fan base and I have a fan base community. I mean those are, you know, those are great. Supporting supportive communities around one creator can be amazing, but that's not what that's not what is so beneficial about these. It's actually that there are communities of just people that are like co-ops that are just trying to make amazing stuff and build really great projects. And it's a question of how useful can I be to the community? How mm. useful can I be to the swarm collective? Um, and, and it's that, it's that, that can be so, so, so beneficial for creators right now, because so many of us have so many different skill sets that when combined with other creators that have, you know, puzzle piece like skill sets, cause it'll always work out that way. Cause there's so many of us, um, the opportunities are just endless. They just and they multiply. And and I mean, mm. just if I just compare this year to last year, I mean, the 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 stuff I got to be a part of, I I could not have even imagined last year. Uh, no way.
0: Interesting. So I would love to hear what kind of collaborative projects have been coming out from groups like this. Uh, you mentioned that there's a collaboration in many different senses. So are we talking about just classic song creation and visuals and music videos, or what kind of uh, digital assets are coming out of these collaborations?
1: Definitely, definitely all of that that you j- just mentioned, for sure. Um, yeah, I think, I, I feel like the best way I could answer that is by giving the best example that I have, Okay, which was my recent experience over the last, uh, it's June now, we started in March, so about three and a half maybe f- almost four months now. Um, that And we finished it, uh, this project that I'm about to talk about, but it's still like a thing. It's still very much a part of my life anyway. Um, and it was the most recent online songwriting camp slash developer uh, website build hackathon that Song Camp had. So Song Camp is another organization, although it's, the word we use for it is network because it doesn't really feel like there's necessarily like a, a top, um, Mm -hmm. but there's more just like a a heartbeat and we actually have like a phone call every Monday at 4 PM Eastern time and it's called the heartbeat call. But then everything else is kind of just like around that. Everything else just kind of happens around that in almost nearly a decentralized way. There's still some hierarchies, but, um, I think they're, they're useful for now. Um, but song camp, this, this network put on their third camp, And the camp, as I was saying earlier, is it's like a cross between a songwriting camp, like one of those sync songwriting camps or just a songwriting camp to make a ton of music with people or whatever, Mm -hmm. where you kind of apply to it and you're invited as a writer or a producer or something like that. It's a cross between that and like a Web3 hackathon thing where you get a bunch of developers together to build something with code. Um, And so the way that this one worked, and this was the third one, so Song Camp hasn't been around for more than... Um, a year and a half now. It's It's been about a year and a half. Um, this. I, I this, gotta ask, there was a, yes, there was a yes.
0: record label on SoundCloud that I used to follow like five or six years ago. It was called SongCamp. Do you know if oh. they're affiliated? Or maybe it's maybe, a
1: coincidence. Maybe it could be, a, it's probably a coincidence, but it's possible. Because the idea for SongCamp has been around that long from this guy, Matthew Chame, who like, started the discord and just like told some of his friends about it. He's like the founder of song camp. If there, if there okay. could be a founder, he's definitely the one. Um, and he used to go to songwriting camps and he had an idea to call something song camp. So it's possible, but I think there are other song camps. I mean, it, it's not a, it's, more of a it's not a thing, super, so it
0: could be reaching, but I just oh, okay, remember like, okay. song camp. I'm like, maybe it was, oh, is this song. I'm I'm tripping. It was, this song is sick. Never mind. <laughs> oh, this song <laughs> My, is sick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. My memory yeah. was playing. Yeah. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so Songcamp is like a I mean it's a network, it's like an organization, it's a community. Okay. And but the camps themselves are almost like their own separate entities. Um they're just powered by Songcamp, like they're funded by it, mm-hmm. using the treasury and stuff. Um but the the camp itself which was called Chaos. So like it was like all about embracing the chaos of a gigantic songwriting camp. And it had I think like somewhere between 2 and 300 people applied. And then, and then of those two to 300 people, 77 were chosen as campers, like as people participating in the camp. And those people made up what we call a headless band. So we're a 77 person band called Chaos, almost like Brockhampton style, where it's like everyone that helps make the project happen is part of the band. The developers are part of the band. the, The cover art people are part of the band. The video editors are part of the band, the... You know, the, the operations people are part of the band. And of course, the musicians are too. So it's 77 of us. Of those 77, 45 um, were musicians that were actually making the music. Then we had like seven to 10 people that were operations and guides. So I was one of those people. I was almost like like our camp's version of an A&R, where I was the liaison between the musicians themselves and like the higher up art, um, operations people. Um, and so we had 77 of us as a band and the task was in six weeks to create 45 songs. And so basically there would be at least one song for each, each musician participating and they were done in groups of three. So for example, in act one, which was the first two weeks act one, we saw 15 different bands of three people in each band who had never met, never worked together, never, you know. Didn't know anything about each other until the day we said, hey, you're in this camp and now go, you know, make the music. And we had calls every week to sync up and stuff. Then two weeks later, act two began and we shuffled everybody. So then everybody made music with somebody else and made a song. And so then by that time, then we had 30 songs. Then for the last two weeks, we shuffled everybody up one more time and really randomized it to make it as chaotic as possible. And then we made 15 more songs. And so then we came out with 45 songs, um, and then from there, the final act, what we called Act 4, was where we built out the actual project that we'd be making with the music. So what we did was, much in the same way that you might have, you know, like 150 Pokemon in the first, uh, or 151 in the first era of Pokemon, Um, but you had millions of cards because there were multiple versions of Pikachus. There were some Pikachus that learned New Thunder. There were some Pikachus that knew Quick Attack. Some were holographic, some were not. Mm -hmm. We did that with these 45 songs. So using the 45 songs, we created unique cover artworks, just like you would have a unique card image. And Basically, what we did was we created NFTs for each each one of those pieces of art, unique pieces of artwork, so that we had a total of twenty thousand unique song NFTs. So, like twenty thousand unique um, song trading cards. Um, and then from there, we put those those twenty thousand cards cards into um, packs, just like booster packs with Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh. So we made mm. booster packs of these song cards basically. And in each pack you had four cards. And of course, just like a booster pack, you don't know what's in the in the pack before you open it. And so once we unveiled it to the public and you know, it was a live on the website and everything like that, which was we did that um earlier this month. I think June 3rd was the day. Um so it's been out for like 4ish weeks now. Um it was the kind of thing where um You go onto the website, you say buy pack, and then you, you know, you buy the pack and then you can choose whether you want to open it or keep it closed. Ah, So you want to keep it in mint condition or you want to open it. I have not opened any of my packs because I want to keep them in mint condition. That being said, it's like, then you don't get the cards. You just have the packs. And so once you open the pack, then you find out which cards you got. Some some of the songs are rarer than others. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. Pokemon, just like Yu Gi Oh. So
0: do they do they tell you like when you open the card like this is one of ten or this is one of twenty the same way? Exactly. That's really yeah. cool. I like this. Yeah, concept. there's a
1: we- yeah. So there's a website called OpenSea, which is like the uh, it's think like I w- to the most uh, well known. Uh, no yeah, it's like the most well known NFT website. There are tons of them, okay. but oh, so OpenSea is a big is one. The,
0: is on the Ethereum network, right? Yes. Okay.
1: I think they also have Polygon. Uh, to, which is a layer two, so it's like cheaper gas fees, cheaper yeah. fees. Um, but I can't remember if that's the case. But yes, it, it and it was released on Ethereum, which is kind of the you know the the flagship one, the one that's most expensive, but also kind of like the biggest community and stuff like that. So, so yeah, and then once you. You can On OpenSea, and I think on the website, I can't remember, but definitely on OpenSea, you can see the rarity. So you can see, you know, this song is one of only 600 out of the Mm -hmm. 20,000. So it's more rare than some of the others, particularly because there were groups of musicians that made what we called alchemy tracks. And there were only, I think, I want to say there were only nine of them, maybe 10 out of the 45. So they were a little bit more rare. And what they were... Where they were when a when an alchemy band saw what a regular band was doing, they would take the stems of that regular band and make something completely different. Mm. So they, it was like a it was like a in real time remixing of a song, like remixing before the song's even done, just going in a different direction with a, a particular creative idea. That's really dope. So that yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was um, this guy Max. Uh, and i think his his partner they kind of like came up with the idea and and it like i was saying it's a huge community like effort it's insane like the the way that we all had to collaborate i mean it was totally chaotic but we had good containers and so then i um and this is where i i would say like where those opportunities like i was saying earlier where there's doors just multiple of them open and it seems like it's just one and then you have so many more I even though I was a guide, I was like an operations person because I I had been in Song Camp before, so I was there to kind of help out and guide musicians and answer questions and organize and stuff. Yeah. The the operations people, we were like, I mean, we're still artists, so let's make some music anyway. So we made music unofficially and just made them as secret songs. So now my ca- my song card is one of twenty thousand. Like there's only one. Right. Just like Exodia, just like Slifer the Sky Dragon, just like an ancient Mew card, although ancient Mew cards were actually fairly common, but you know what I mean? Like the yeah. holographic, like you really don't, you really only get one shot. Like there's only one. Um, and, and being a part of that was amazing. Like it was like combining some of my favorite things as a kid, like the first, the, you know, like the first uh, blockchain powered um, music, like music trading card game. Um, and it was amazing like to see people like actually trading. Cause people were like, you know, like I got, I got duplicates cause I had some songs that were just airdropped to me, which is a term we could talk about later, but it's basically like where you get stuff sent to you for free, uh, okay. because you're a part of a community or something, or you use a particular uh, technology. I think I've
0: heard of this, um, when tokens are founded of certain yeah. people getting airdropped tokens off. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Exactly
1: exactly and and in terms of the tokens that can be airdropped it can be anything like the token can be it could be currency for the for the place it could be voting power or it could be the songs like i got okay yeah yeah so um yeah so like i got duplicates of some songs and so i was like damn okay so like they're, they're technically unique because they are different cover artworks and different styles but the music is the same like the song is the same and so it's like oh man, I got two, uh, it all led me back to use. I really want the song Frolic. Like, does anybody have a frolic that would be willing to trade? So it's just like, we sort of created that kind of culture.
0: Do you um, have the ability to see what all the songs are from the outside? Or do you just know, like, can you listen to all of the songs still and then try and get them? Or how does that work viewing the collection? I think in OpenSea, I feel like I've seen it before where you can see all 20,000 cards um, or NFTs in this case, um, or NFTs in all cases, cards in this case, uh, you can see them all, but then you see who owns them. So you're able to contact individual owners, if I'm right, to be able to trade yep. them on the market. So even if you're coming yep. in from the outside, just like in Pokemon, how you could look up for this set, there were these many cards. Did, did you also have it set up in an organized manner so that you could see like okay, here's the 45 songs, and then these are all different variations of them. So different, yeah, uh, Collectible exactly. qualities to them.
1: Yeah, exactly. You got it exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. So, so the place where you buy the pack, like, I mean, you can buy it anywhere. Any, any, anywhere that that is like any platform that is set up to allow an NFT to be sold pretty much you can buy it there because because it's decentralized there's not like one platform where it lives it's not like it's not like with mm. with SoundCloud where if i upload a song on SoundCloud if i want someone to hear that SoundCloud track they have to listen to it on SoundCloud or through some SoundCloud embed mm. this is more like the block it's it's we're minting it onto the blockchain so right. once it's on the blockchain it can be viewed anywhere that has access to the blockchain Got so you. the main place like the main place and the reason I say main place is it's like our storefront, if you want to think of it like where you go to buy trading cards. Our yeah. storefront is this website called chaos.build. Okay. That's and that's the website. And when you go to that, you definitely see, I mean, the main thing is like a pl- there's a play page, and you just see all 45 songs with their titles and when and the order in which they were created. Um, mm. and which like which two-week period, which act they were created. Because there's sort of a theater vibe with with um sort of the the lore of it is it's a bit of like a a digital theater type of um uh, experience and and so but with the songs it's just a playlist like you can just play it right on the website and it's all it's all available to listen to for free for sure except for the secret songs the one that i was a part of because those we want to be secret we want it to be a surprise like a person opens it like it's a golden ticket
0: that there's secret songs Exactly. But you can't well, hear them, or or do you yes, know how many well, actually, secret songs there
1: are? You can't. You can't. They're not even listed because they haven't been found.
0: Ah, uh, so do you know how many are in the kit, or do they at least mention that there's five secret well, cards? I, or I know well, you know I, because you. Made I one. know. Yeah, yeah.
1: There, are th- there and there, and it's fine. We've been talking about it publicly because we want people to know. It's awesome. It's fun that there are three secret songs. There are mm. three songs. There. So there are three out of twenty thousand that are like the secret ones. Like the legendary Pokemon. Some you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um but that's so cool with the booster packs yeah.
0: too. You're like, am I gonna get <laughs> one of the secret codes,
1: <laughs> right? baby? Yeah, dude. And it's <laughs> Come like, on, oh god. Yeah, trying to pull exactly. that holographic
0: Charizard. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so the thing about it is that unlike like Pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh! and a lot of those trading card games, like, they would continue to produce cards. So, like, the rarity of certain cards would go down based on how many cards were, like, available to people. And, like, yeah, maybe they once they sold, they didn't count that as part of the rarity, but they really should because it's, like, how rare is, like, an Obelisk the Tormentor? It probably got less and less rare over the years because they kept printing cards to make more money because they wanted to sell more cards. But in our case, we've minted 5,000 packs... Like the there are five thousand booster packs available for people to buy, and after those five thousand, that's it. So there are only twenty thousand. So the rarity isn't going to change. Um, actually, the only thing that could happen, the rarity could train could change in which everything gets more rare if people w- do what's called burning their NFT and burning it. I mean, I actually think the word is appropriate because it really is like burning it, like you're burning it into fuel or something, and so it really would be gone after that. But Otherwise in terms of like what's available to the public, there's a limit. And so like it's kind of fun. Like there really is only going to be 3 of these secret songs. There's never going to be more. Like there's that's it. Um and so right now we're I think we're about halfway sold out. So we've sold about 2500 packs and we have about 2500 left, ish.
0: That's super cool. I really really enjoy this concept and um that kind of ties in to some of the goals that I had coming into this conversation that I didn't mention at the beginning, but I'll tap into now. Um, And then hopefully they'll also spark some ideas from you from some of the work that you've seen. But one of my goals more recently is to really dive more and more into uh, finding superfans, creating superfans, and, having ways for artists to make sure that those super fans are found and as engaged as possible in what they're doing. So like last time we had talked about, um, the way that you've set up your content and, uh, the way that you've done things in that you had your, uh, almost like top funnel stuff, which was your beginning videos that were really well produced and high budget. And then you kind of had this, um, uh, thinning down of content that got to a super, super up close and personal level, um, where people can be supporting you directly on Patreon or through, um, uh, uh, or through listening to your spa, uh, podcast or other Mm -hmm. ways that are, um, basically allowing people to, get to know you or interact with you on varying, um, personal levels and have varying levels of your attention. So I'm trying to brainstorm ways in which artists can leverage some of the really cool technology and really cool communities that have been coming out in web three in order to create maybe something that's already out there and use it or create something new and different that Mm -hmm. is like this. And for example, when you were talking about this, um, these packs of cards, these packs of NFTs that come in packs, I'm thinking to myself, this could be a really, really cool way for an artist to release an album, for example, and you have all of the albums, but say there's one song that's not on the released album. It's a secret track, but the only way that you can get it is by randomly buying, um, support tokens. Um and mm-hmm. then I was trying to think of other ways that we could be creating communities that engage the fans on a deeper level and also encourage them to see that they're a part of a growing community and they're also in support of something bigger. It's something that uh an influen well not an influencer. Yeah, an influencer. Um must formation has talked about, he's, uh, somebody that's worked with labels for promoting and releasing new artists. So the thing that must formation had mentioned, thank you, uh, was that a lot of times there's people that will be deep, deep supporters of certain artists, like the people that would follow them around at shows and this and that think of, uh, classic hipsters They'll be around at the coffee shops. They'll be supporting the small artists. They'll be there like, yeah, I was, I'm was. i really a part of this. I see myself as an integral part of this artist moving forward because I'm a part of their baseline community. And then a lot of times what happens when those artists go mainstream or pop off or get signed or anything like that is all those people are like, oh, they're not even that great anymore. Um, huh. I was with them when they were at 500 followers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to think of a way... To use Web3 in order to give people that recognition that they deserve of being able to Mm -hmm. say, I've been here since this point. I've been a supporter Mm -hmm. since this point. I have Mm -hmm. the proof of this. And also so that they know that as the artist grows, that they will be seen for that. And they'll be a part of Mm -hmm. a community of other people that have been with them that long. So... I was thinking, and this is all still in the brainstorming and rough kind of stages, and I was hoping that you would have some ideas as well, but one thing that I remember that you did in your Discord community is you put out what was called a POAP, I believe, and it was Mm -hmm. a badge that you could Mm -hmm. get that you would link with some sort of wallet, but it would be really cool to think of a way that, say, you have some sort of Web3 community that is... Uh, people that are supporting our particular artist, so the artist can release things into that community, release benefits into that community, and either sell them directly or raffle them off, um, have some way of showing where the funds are going, um, so you can see that as a supporter, because of your support, these are your funds, and these are what they've done to grow me as an artist, these are what they've done to mm-hmm. grow my brand, so you have that sense mm-hmm. of involvement. And then also, little Easter eggs and stuff along the way um, yeah. as far as ways to gain maybe even different privileges and stuff by having a certain level of badges. So there's different ways that you could earn those badges. And then Mm -hmm. you would have, um, different access to maybe different parts of the community, or maybe you get, I don't know, a signed t-shirt or anything that would encourage people to, um, to interact such that they get something. So one of the things that you know, I won't even speak it because I have some ideas in this notepad that I I kind of want to keep maybe off the air for now. But it's something sure. that um, I've really been thinking into. So I was curious from your experience uh, in these different communities. It sounds like you have a lot of experience in artist-based communities. But yeah. I'm curious if you know of a way that maybe one of these uh, DAOs or not necessarily a DAO but a Web three community could be used. Um, to serve this purpose. Maybe there's one that, uh, I think Noah had mentioned one that had sort of a, um, social network kind of style interface of it where you can, a certain amount of people can buy into a track and then say they get all the behind the scenes of it or they get, um, one-on-one calls with you or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know that it necessarily has to be integrated in the platform, but Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of a way where I can have these, um, uh, items sold as, as digital products, badges given yeah. out for certain things and some sort of platform or system that can be used such that, um, we can see all of the people that are part of a community and all of them can yeah. see each other. So not only can yeah. they meet and interact with each other, but they can also then be seen by us so that we can then talk with them as the inner circle of people and say right. maybe they have some right. sort of say in what comes out next, or maybe they have some sort of say as to, or a way to vote as to where the mm-hmm. funding goes to support mm-hmm. the artist mm-hmm. so that they mm-hmm. get that as a benefit as well. Um, yeah. Do you think yeah. you know of any uh, way that possibly that can come to a reality?
1: Yeah. I, That's the I answer mean, I was looking
0: for. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, uh, yeah, I mean I I I feel like I'm living in that right now <laughs> what you're yeah. describing. I dude, I think you are like you're like you are right with the times if you are willing to get to the forefront of the times. Like mm. like right at the at the edge of the cutting edge of what's happening um is what you're describing. Like you what you're describing I feel like is the cutting edge stuff that I have seen. Um I'm about to jump out of my seat yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> I hell yeah it look well like, dude let me tell you I'm man excited. let me tell you let me tell you so there are a bunch of things um there are already artists doing this there are artist communities DAOs where one one artist the way that they do it and there's actually a platform called royal where i believe this is what they're doing i don't know too much about royal but it was started by blau if, if you knew blau um Nothing the really. electronic music producer um it's like a it's like a 3LAW. Oh, oh, yeah, 3LAW. Yeah, Blau. I know him.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. he goes and yeah, he's got yeah. some really Blau. cool YouTube tutorials too. That guy knows how well, to Well, yeah, make music. so he
1: already knows how to. Yeah, so he started this application. He started this platform called Royal where an artist can release and. And, and people have done this without using Royal as well. So, you know, I want this, none of what I'm saying is specific to any one given platform. Mm -hmm. The technology is already here. The tools are here. It's just a matter of which ones you want to use. But the, what people will do is they'll say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm have a fundraiser. This is a crowdfund right now. And based on how many tokens you buy from this investing, you know, uh, fundraising experience, you get a portion of the royalties from the Mm. project. I have heard about, so it's. It's it's like allowing fans or people that just support you to invest in what you're doing and make money from what you do, but through their support. I'm not at this point particularly interested in that. Me either. Um, as a model, I think it's cool. I'm gl- I was glad to see people try it out. I'm actually grateful that they tried it out so mm-hmm. I could see what happened. Um, <laughs> it was actually wonderfully successful, but I don't think it was successful primarily because of the royalty thing i think it was successful because it was new yeah and it was such a, a such a wonderful idea to do a crowdfund and to incorporate people into the album in this case it was an ep but the ep release and creation process um but that being said i'm i, I think the best like, example that I have is my direct experience that I'm going through right now. Like, as we speak, I'm getting ready for a call tomorrow morning where I'm talking to this guy named Seth from uh, a website platform called Tribly, and it's spelled T R I B L Y. And I think it's triblymusic.com is the website, but basically, it is aimed to be a web two, web three bridge platform to onboard fans and artists into web three. In a way that feels a bit more comfortable to what we're used to in social media
0: world. I love um, this because that's one of my yeah. biggest concerns with Web three is the barrier to entrance, especially for people it's that a aren't yeah. as tech savvy. And a lot yes. of fans and people that yeah. want to communicate might see um, a bunch of new odd things and um, things that aren't just like username password kind of stuff. Um, right? And, exactly. You know, just a search bar kind of thing where yeah, you know, it might block some people out from joining
1: yeah so this website tribly it's it looks like a more regular website with a shopping cart and things you can buy the difference is that it's all nfts and it is powered by you know it uses the blockchain it is it is made possible by the blockchain for sure because it's using nfts um but it's also on what what i referred to earlier which is a layer two so it's a it's a layer of the blockchain that sits if, I, I feel like I'm butchering the explanation because I'm not a developer, but it's the best I got. The <laughs> It's it's like a layer that is sitting on top of Ethereum, like like almost like an HOV lane on the highway. And so, so it's a layer
0: two as in how Polygon is like a layer two? Polygon,
1: and it is literally on Polygon. Okay, yeah. okay. Polygon is one of the layer twos, and it's I think it's the most prominent so, one.
0: Or, from, yeah. from what I'm understanding, what a layer two is is essentially the main platform has um, protocols within it that allow you to expand from it and build smaller micro systems. So the Ethereum network not only has Ethereum, but they also have, I believe, Doge is on there. They have Polygon. They have different coins that are well, yeah, for sure. on there. But for then sure. also, it sounds like you're saying that they have... Oh, and from what I understand about these communities is that they're customizable beyond just the coin so you can be hosted essentially by the ethereum network but be in a sub community that has an entirely different level of rules and um restrictions and whatnot if i'm yeah
1: for sure i yeah i wouldn't i don't know enough to totally confirm that but basically yeah okay like pretty much yeah um because in this case, I, I, it's not necessarily like the poly, like the poly. There is a Polygon community, there is an Ethereum community, but in the case of Tribly, it's really just using the technology that Polygon has offered. Okay. Um, to do it. But that being said, yes to to what you're saying. Um, but in the case of Tribly, the reason why it uses Polygon is to be cheap, so yeah, that it's it much more affordable. It, I was
0: gonna say from yeah. um, even from it the it costs Open so much seat, money. It's just too much yeah. to mint, and yeah. that's why I was really hoping to see yeah. more stuff on Solana or Polygon or other things yep. that are, again, yep. dropping that barrier to entrance yep. of like a five yep. or ten dollar gas fee, not a fifty to a hundred dollar yeah. gas fee to yeah, get in,
1: exactly, or hundreds, <laughs> yeah, which is <laughs> in just, the case for me sometimes. Yeah, depending it's on ridiculous. when you ridiculous. Yeah. It's utterly fucking yeah, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so, and with the way that Tribly is, is I've been describing it to people like in my life, like particularly people that I've been talking to within Web three, um, about it. Um, I've been describing it as like a as like a web three Patreon. So it's like mm. Patreon if you had NFTs, not just like subscription tiers that you lose and you know there's not really any fun or good way to like show that you were a subscriber to someone's Patreon early on. Right. Like you can, but the best way to do that is just to continue being subscribed. For somebody that gets my NFT, like basically what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have four tiers of NFTs and they're gonna be different different aspects of like because the idea is like, you know, there's way space and it's, the idea is like I'm journeying through way space. And so if you want to follow me on my journey, a.k.a. be around for the music, the art, the behind the scenes, the podcast, the the one on one calls, the sessions, all that good release shows, release parties, all of that, then follow me on my journey then get an get a tool that you're gonna need on this journey. So I'm gonna have a boom box. I'm gonna have my boat, my space boat from the cover art. Nice. I'm gonna have goggles, I think, and I'm gonna have a helmet. Nice. And eventually over time I'll add more stuff. But I'm starting with, you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna overwhelm. Like the point is to keep it simple. So I'm gonna have four and they're gonna be different price points. And different rarities. So like the most expensive one is going to be the space boat. And I forget how much I'm going to make that, but it'll be a certain amount of money and there's only going to be three available. And, and part of that is because like, I'm going to do one-on-one calls with every single person that buys those. And, and I think I'm going to do it with the next tier under that as well. So like, I'm, I have plans. I'm really excited because I feel like, and this is maybe to, to even further answer your question is I think that the, in terms of why I feel so strongly that yes about to your question about like, are there ways is that the tools and technologies that are available to us, if as artists, we are willing to do the work, which if if you're an artist hearing about or in web three or just hearing about it, then we've already know what it's like to do that kind of work. We know what it's like to do, you know our own business shit we know what it's like to organize ourselves we know mm-hmm. what it's like to be our own manager like it's all of those willingness and skill sets just apply to a new technology that's all and it's so possible especially when you align yourself with the community and learn with other people but it, all all that be that that is kind of beside the point but what i what i mean to say is that it more than ever the we have tools available to us that m- allow us to make that part of the process, the how do I make my Patreon thing, or like how do I involve community? We can be just as creative there as we are when we're creating
0: a song, it, exactly that, like that we said at the that beginning. My, yes, yeah. exactly.
1: And so, and the big word around this that you'll probably hear over and over again is utility. What's the utility? Yes. Because the idea is when somebody buys an NFT, just like the, you might buy a deed to a house, like. It's just a piece of paper or an nft it's just some code yeah like why is this valuable i don't you know like what's the point of this and the nft as a technology is valuable because it it is part of it is on the blockchain and so it can never be erased and so it'll always be publicly available so there's something valuable about that but that's not why someone would buy my nft why would somebody buy my nft why would somebody get a deed to a house in the case of a d2a house there's utility it's it's there's utility in that you get to live in the house and and you also get to protect yourself from other people trying to live in your house um, in the case of like music or what i would call utility the utility of my nft the reason why somebody should buy my nft other than the technology aspect there there's just like the the creative reason like why would it be valuable is they'd be getting it for the experience that i create with the nft using the nft as the medium and in some ways as actually the messenger in in, depending on how we want to think about it but in in my case i see the utility as 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 just as great an opportunity to be creative and create an art piece as the music that they are all the nft together it's like there's the nft which is like the thing that represents the stuff yeah there's the music itself and then there's also the utility and they are all like a venn
0: diagram that are overlapping i I, um I really, really love where you're going with this. And I think I have a suspicion that Flume is going to do something very much like this. I don't know if you saw the most recent album. They haven't already. I I need to look into it because maybe he is. Maybe I'm just not even aware. But from the recent album, he had a storyline at the bottom. So there was like three slides with every song that explained to you a story. It's a dystopian world that he's talking about. And in the story, there are certain objects that are key to the story. And there are certain communities that are also parts of the story. And it's (laughs) really, really cool to see how that story is also tied in with the album. But then there's like these fishing lures and other like aesthetic objects that he talks about. And I'm sure there's already NFTs for them. But it's interesting for me to then think, uh, that just came to my mind when you were talking about this, about how... It made the album so much more impactful to me because it wasn't just oh this is such a great song that makes me feel a certain way. Every time I think about the album, I think about what is the intergalactic uh, racer you know doing with it because the community and the story was also so much a reflection of the times that we're in right now, and it was a full story being told. So anytime there's anything relevant to what's going on, in just in the world in general, I think about. the the story Flume was telling. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that that's a really, really interesting way of being able to Mm -hmm. not only make your music more memorable, but to expand the storytelling. And it's just like you said, it's Mm -hmm. just another avenue of the creativity. You're trying to tell a story in your album. You're trying to tell a story in your song, and then you can go further with the music video or whatnot. But what if you can even go a step above that and have more aspects to that story. And I think it really is up to us as creators to figure out a way that we can involve people with that story and make them a part of it in through basically digital real estate, like you're saying, from owning a certain piece of code, like a lease or like a space boat, um, Mm -hmm. which then gives you some sort of utility in this story or in this world, um, Right. which is definitely interesting. So do you have any, yeah. um, is there anything else that you'd be willing to uh, talk about with some of the um, pieces that are a part of your NFT release or is this yeah. something that's kind of still under wraps?
1: No, no, I'm happy to talk about it. I mean, I, I actually, this is a great, I want first off, I just will say, I am definitely happy to talk about it. And in that regard, I think this is actually a great example of, Uh, a particular shift that happens for at least that has happened to me as a creator, like in the web three new internet world is to be less, um, uh, less private about my plans. Mm -hmm. Not to say that I should overshare or, or, you know, count my eggs before they hatch. I'm not going to do that, but that just as, you know, uh, a snippet on Instagram is an advertisement for the artist song on Spotify, me talking about my ideas and plans is an advertisement for my NFTs. Yeah, um, and and that what I th- what I see is happening right now is that artists are now not only is the finished product of immense value for artists as it's always been. Basically, I mean, song- finished songs have always been a valuable commodity and valuable piece of work that an artist can create the process now is just as valuable. Um, And the reason why it's just as valuable is because now with... And I believe this is the case with NFTs, and this is... The word utility comes from this, but I think it's much more at its root... Um, it is about experience. It's about what is the experience that I can provide to a person. And what I love about this is that's what concerts have always been. Concerts have not been, you come so that you can walk away with something. I mean, you might walk away with merch, which is great, but what you actually do is you experience something Mm. and music. Even so, even though people buy music and buy files, there's always been an experience there and that experience is what i've always loved to do i've loved to put on a production for someone even if it's all online and they just go to my website and p- hit play at the bottom i just i love creating experiences for both myself and others and what i realize and this is maybe to go even further with with like a, a way of describing what this landscape is like for artists now which is that and and this i'm this is not my these are not my words this is just i completely agree with it so i've got to share it and i don't know who it came from it's just going within the space right now but basically which is that in in social media world in the world of instagram and facebook in like 2014 artists were being asked to do some really new amazing creative stuff by becoming influencers on social media platforms, Mm -hmm. by becoming guru-like people that either can offer advice or just make great posts and everybody wants to look at their posts and comment and stuff. What creatives and artists and musicians, I believe, that are now being asked to do are to become game designers. Like, rather than being influencers, we are now creating worlds, we're creating games, we're creating experiences. Mm. And we've always done that with our music. We've always done that. But now... Because that is being valued not in a subconscious way, but in a conscious way with NFTs and the question of utility, it now allows us to really give our all, give all of our creative energies to all facets of the process. And and there's no there's really no limitations. I mean, this is this is we're talking about decentralization here. So decentralization means for me too. There's no one platform I need to be on. There's no one tool I must use. I could use anything. I could be on everywhere. And um and I think for artists it's like what kind of world do you want to create? What have you what have you always wanted to see in front of you for people? And for me, I want to create this world called Wayspace and I want it to be a world that is not maybe not a physical world yet or even a virtual world yet. But yes, a virtual world in the sense that I want it to feel like a spiritual opportunity. I want it to feel like a community. I want it to feel like a music experience. I want it to feel like a video experience and all of those things. And so I would say that at this point, and what you were saying earlier about kind of revealing about my process and stuff and kind of speaking more to what I'm doing, is I released my first NFT um, just over a week ago. And it was a music video for for a, a short song called In My Head. And it's like the first... I saw that. It's not even a single. Yeah. Really so it's cool. not even a single, right? really cool, man. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah. So it's not even like a single, but it is like the single. It's like, I'm not just releasing music now. So like, I'm, I, I might release a song by itself, but the first piece of this next project that I'm going to release, instead, I made it a music video NFT. And... And it, a big part of that was like, I was like, well, this is it. I can release whatever I want now. I don't have to release a song. It doesn't have to have title case. It doesn't have to have credits in this way. It doesn't have to be this length or that genre or whatever. I can just mint an NFT and do all the metadata and details up to me. And and so that's what I did. And so I was like, well, great. I'm going to illustrate and draw and design and record and produce my own video, mm. um, which I've kind of done before, but no, never to this level. And so with the video, like I was saying about utility, I mean, the first piece of utility, of course, that should never be overlooked and is honestly kind of the primary utility for any piece of music is the music itself, like listening to the music. The experience of listening to the music is the primary experience utility. That being said, why not put some cherries on top? It's so much fun. And so for me, the ones that I did, and this is what I'm using to to kind of like fully answer your question, I feel like. And and this relates to the Tribly stuff, which is that Web3 Patreon website, that this is like the prototype. This is the expensive piece that has all I've got to offer, which is I'm going to do, it's like a one-on-one call, uh, VIP tickets to my release show, um, like a, a role in Discord, because I just changed my Discord a lot. I'm mm. getting it ready to be able to like welcome people in that hold the NFTs. And everybody that's already in there, I've given roles so that... They can have access to everything because that's like before I even had NFT, you have the NFT before I had NFTs, um, which was like being there. And so, but I want to open it up like that so that people have a like a landing strip to come into when they when they have it, if they want it. And then after that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a piece of custom merch so that just as a person bought a one-of-one NFT, there's only one that's available to be owned, I'm also going to create a one-of-one piece of custom merch that was actually in the video. The last like slide of the video is like a, a sort of a abstract drawing of me wearing a sweatshirt. I think I remember that that I designed. And so what I'm what what I'm going to do, and what I'm able to do now, it just depends on if somebody buys it, um, is create a custom hoodie that is exactly that hoodie with the same design in black and everything, and then I'm going to embroider their username or whatever name they want That's on so there, so cool. that it's like. Yes, you buy the NFT, but you can wear this fucking NFT. Yeah. You can actually, you can wear it. I'm not going to make another one. I mean, even if I made a sweatshirt with similar design or something, I'm going to embroider their name onto it. So like, there's no way that they could have, that there could be any others, you know, I'm I'm never going to embroider the same name again, you know? So, so it's that, that kind of stuff. Like I want it to feel like, um, I don't know, just feel cool to me. And so I was like, "This would be sick. I would love this." And and so that's kind of what I'm doing there. And, yeah, man. And I'm thinking if my, uh, like if Bloom,
0: yeah. for example, released the jacket from the from the rider from the exactly like if you released that jacket but only made one of them, you know, there'd be remakes exactly. and stuff. But you would know that there's some way to authenticate the jacket exactly. and some way exactly. to know that it's the original. Um, and, and exactly. yeah, that's that's so awesome. And it also makes... I I also love how much this also opens up an avenue for people to connect with each other. That's one thing. I wish I had the shirt on now, but I just wore it to the gym, so it's really... um. Let me pull it out. Hold on. It's re- relevant. Cool. Still drenched in sauna sweat. I have this... Uh, It's a limited edition shirt as well. But Ooh. I've gotten a lot of different compliments on this shirt and it started a lot of conversations because people will say, like, oh I really like that shirt. It's really cool. And then I would go in and I would say, um, this shirt has not only is it a limited edition piece, um, but this shirt means something to me. It has a specific meaning to me. Uh, let me tell you what that is. So then it opens up for that conversation about what the artwork is about and it enabled me to move into conversations that were really nice that i would not have necessarily have had and it with those people if i hadn't showed them that so it offered that avenue for human connection between people of when you think something is really cool and you ask about it then you get to know the story behind it. So it could be your interpretive story of it, or you could also then start that conversation be like, all right, let me tell you. So there's this space rider on a motorcycle, right? And so he's going through and like, this is like his hoodie, but here's the story that that's about it. And here's why I connect with this. Here's what makes this special to me as a person. Um, and also that limited edition thing is people was like, man, I'd really like to get that shirt. I'm like, that's crazy because you can't. yeah like um and, and yeah i think that there's there's so much to that of making you feel like you're a part of the journey you're ticking that box you feel like you're a part of the expansion you're a part of the the community or the collective um and then also opening up that avenue for extra storytelling and then also opening up that avenue for people to connect with people they already know on a deeper level or other people i know uh Kendrick's album did that for me. For example, I saw a bunch of people talking about certain tracks on it. And then I just hit up this one songwriter who was posting about it. And I said, "Uh, man, I just got to the end of this song. And honestly, I cried. It was like, it was so impactful to hear this part of the song for where I'm at in my life. And then they opened up and mentioned some things that that song had meant for them and where they were at. And um, their journey of like self-realization and like you had said, the spiritual element to it. Uh, and it definitely deepened an already existing connection and created a conversation that I never would have seen before. And that was just from the song. So it's like you said, the song is the most important part, but we're not, we're not done yet. Like we have the ability exactly. to expand on this. This is so cool.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I have no, I definitely have, a, I have no beef with an artist that's a musician just releasing song NFTs. Yeah. I think that's sick. Like, that's its own thing. That's cool. Like, sometimes, you know, it's like sometimes you you release a song or you finish a song and you show it to someone and you don't want to say anything about it.
0: Yeah. Like, you want to let You just people- want to play the song
1: and yeah. just let them hear the song. Sometimes- there's a crazy story behind the song and it's like, yo, before I play this, you got to know this. Or yeah. right after it plays, it's like, yo, I, before you say anything, you got to hear this story about it. And it just really just depends on the artists and on the artwork itself. And I really think it's just like, it's there, there is uh totally, like the utility of just listening to music is totally worthwhile totally worth buying the nft and collecting it and showing that you're an early supporter totally worth you know being able to to show other people that you are a supporter of it that being said it, it there's no also no reason not to add in utility and experiences and and vip tickets and you know opportunities to go to such and such event or or custom merch or or whatever those are all great if that is part of the artist's vision mm. and that, and, and for me, that really is part of my vision. Like I really do want to have other stuff other than just the music, at least right now. I mean, you know, I, I just, I just enjoy that as, as an idea because I've always loved sort of having, I mean, from the beginning, I've always wanted to have a super cohesive merch to cover art, to, to songs, to live perform. Like I w- always wanted it to be cohesive and feel like my own little World that you enter into, um, and now more than ever, I feel like I have the tools to do that, and so that's that's definitely what I'm aimed at, and I'm I'm very very much so. I feel like I'm in the prologue of it right mm-hmm. now, but as we get going here, I would say probably by the end of the summer, that's when it, I'll really have kind of kicked things off. All all these all these pre early chapters will be kicked off. So my first NFT is out now, so that's good. I've got that out there, and you know that i listed for a pretty high price 1.5 eth which right now is is low cuz eth is really low right yeah. now but even right now that's at least like $1500 probably mm-hmm. so like that's that's a hefty that's like for a that's for a collector that's like sitting on you know enough money that they can just buy that and and you know i don't have the money to buy that but it's not i don't really have it there because I want to sell it now. I mean, if somebody buys it, great, of course. I'm so, I'm ready to make that hoodie. But it's also kind of more like no, it I just know I spent so much time creating this video and regardless of when it sells, I know I deserve this amount of money mm. at least. And 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 for me it's like it would be really cool if like, you know, this like tribly stuff like I'm going to sell some NFTs on there for like $10, $15. So like the idea is for it to be to have tiers of affordability yeah. so that anybody can get involved at any level um if they just, you know, save up 10, 15 bucks. Um and then maybe, you know, 6 months a year down the line, then someone goes back and buys my first ever NFT. Yeah. Um and I and I think that could be really fun too. Like why why not make that like that's part of the experience too, the idea that that I I'm starting with an NFT that is sort of like, no, I know this is going to be, you know, valuable yeah. because it's already so valuable to me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's how I think of it.
0: That's really awesome. And I really love the uh, mindset and concept behind that because I think so much of your value comes from where you set your value to be at. Um, what mm-hmm. do you consider yeah. to be the value of your worth? So many people have had conversations that I've heard of, uh, where they'll say, you know, nobody is ever going to support you as, or believe in you as much as you believe in yourself. And why should they? Because if you don't see the vision, if you don't believe in where you're going, if you don't know that you're building up to something, then nobody can put that belief into you. I think it's something that's hard for certain Mm. personality types or, um, Uh, people of different journeys to understand. I know it's definitely something that took me a while to really have fully sink in and is something that I'm still continually working on on a regular basis. But yeah, um, I love that. And I think that it really sets you up for success knowing that you're creating something that is going to get people to want to go back and get it. Instead of, instead Mm. of the, way of thinking of it, where you could say, let me put out something that's fairly affordable. I think I'll probably be able to find somebody in the near future that will get this. And then if they really believe in the project, then they'll know that the value of this is going to go up as opposed to saying like, I know the value of this is going to go up. Let me place it at the value where I know it's going to go to, to motivate (laughs) me to continue my journey, to make it the value that it's supposed to be, to continue the story and- and get somebody to yeah. want to get it at the value I know it to be. That's yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, which is interesting because I I think of it as like style, hmm. like it's a style, and not because I've I've heard plenty of uh, advice from people on Twitter, and you know now my Twitter is just filled with Web three artists and creators like giving advice based on their experiences, and lots of people are saying like start affordable, start low, and and build your way up so that people can actually. Uh, Support you at the beginning because you may not have, you know, people with deep pockets that are able to to purchase a lot um, supporting you at the beginning. And it's nice to the idea that somebody could get in on the ground floor with you and buy it for rather than $1,500 for $100 or $15, mm-hmm. which... I actually agree with that too, but I, but I also agree with what you said. And so that's why, and this is what I was saying earlier about like decentralization can happen in terms of our, our like motivations and our ways of doing things that not to say that I'm, I'm contradictory. uh, I don't think, I don't, I wouldn't go so far to say that we should just be, be intentionally contradictory with what we do, but that we can have a, a, we, we develop capacity to hold contradiction or what might have originally appears contradiction and see that they are not necessarily so contradictory after all. And so, for example, the, the two styles that you were mentioning that I agree there is a difference and there are reasons to do both. And I clearly chose what you were describing because I agree. I, I do think it is just it just felt right, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I but. I'm still going to release this next, my next NFT project, which is going to be in the next week or two or three at the most, um, is going to be like more of a fundraising type thing where, you know, it's almost like you're, you're buying, you know, you're equipping yourself with a particular tool to, to travel around waste space with me. And I do want that to be affordable because I want people to, to, to come through that, that are not, you know, don't have a lot of money. Like that's not why, But I also want to like allow myself to make a good amount of money if there are people that want to. And if not, that's fine too, Mm -hmm. because the NFTs won't disappear. You know, it's not like they're gone. I'll still have them. They'll still be minted. They'll still be available and still look dope, you know, it's still part of the art either way, whether they sell or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I love also your approach of thinking about this from the artist and storyteller perspective as much as possible you know, you've made it very clear. You said, uh, not everybody has to get into this. Not everybody has to expand to this point. And I think it's one thing that's really beautiful about your mentality of it in that this is for the story. This is for the art. I want to create an experience for somebody. That is my number one goal. How can I create this experience for somebody? And I think that having that goal is going to, um, backwards, almost like a backwards compatibility be also the best financial decision for you to make because people are going to want to be a part of something that's truly inexperienced. People are going to want to be a part of something that's truly great. So if you worry about that first, instead of worrying about, um, only the paycheck first of, okay, how can I manipulate all of this stuff in order to make me some cash now, as opposed to having mm-hmm. your mindset. And ironically, yeah. like I said a second ago, your mindset I think is going to be the one that's going to work better because, um, yeah, it's just you'll you'll create the best product if you have the best product then and you're focused truly on the product, then everything else is going to line itself up as long as it has that right. utility, um, that right. you're trying to put right. into it.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. It's like people will be able to feel the passion I have for it. Regardless of how they engage with the the art, whether that's through a phone call with me or a or coming to a live podcast recording, which is what I plan to do, which is kind of have like way space podcast, but like like in a group where people can chime in at any point, and it's more it's and it's a conversation like it's always been, but I'm not the only one speaking. That's really cool. Um, I have I have multiple ways that I'm planning to do that and. This is one of those things where it's like, I'm not doing this because I feel like I have to have this kind of community engagement utility. I mean, I do think it's a good idea to have it, but I'm doing it because I really want to, because I want to find, a I want way space, like the podcast aspect of this, the talking part to evolve. And I want it to meet me where I'm at now and, and, and grow and so part of that growth is i still will have like a waste-based podcast where it's like i say hey you know talk about how i'm doing and this is kind of going to be i I would consider this like my actual season two like where i change really change the format like not what i did at the beginning of this year but like truly change the format like okay the way i used to do these things was you know i had a stream of consciousness for however long i felt like what i'm going to do in the future is maybe that but also anything else I think of. Um, I'm not going to limit myself to uh, just doing it one way because um, I feel some kind of like uh, like commitment to keeping the same format. I think it worked beautifully. I think it was very important for me to do it that way. But now it's like okay, one of these days, like I might want to write an essay and I might release the essay like on like actually like publish it. On you know, uh, there's a there's a Web three writing blogging website called Mirror, but also just read it on my podcast. Like write it so that I can read it and have it be a digestible, concise like piece of writing that expresses an idea or thought that I have, while also introducing it in the podcast and then concluding and saying, well, this is what I thought about. And in 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 accordance with that, also like not limiting myself in the sense that I might have an episode of waste Space where it's, it's actually on Twitter spaces where I have people and it's totally public and I record that and then I just put that into the podcast and I introduce and conclude the podcast with maybe, you know, 10 to 15 minutes of talking about how I'm doing and, and stuff like that. Or I have a podcast where I have it on here, like Riverside or Zoom or something, where, like I was saying earlier it's closed to my community to like the people who support me, whether, so it's invite only basically. Mm-hmm. So it's, if you're either a token holder or just, you know, like you, somebody, you know, who I just know supports me and I know cares about what I'm doing. Like those people would be there. And, and that I would, would record. And so it would be like, you know, I would introduce it as here's a conversation I, of Wayspace I had with people in the Wayspace space community. That's kind of the way that I would talk about mm. it. And, and that, then that's its own specific experience of this idea of like a podcast and that any of these count because any of these are us going to the place, you know, going to that place mm. that I like to go to when I'm on, when I'm in the podcast, when we're talking here, you know, just getting in the flow, welcome talking, you know, whatever we want to call it. Here. Yeah, welcome to Wayspace. Let's be here now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. Fuck yeah, man. Exactly. Fuck good. yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it sounds definitely like there's, A lot of really cool things coming up and really cool ways of being able to expand the connection with community for artists, expand the storytelling, um, and really just take your level as a creator to the next level. I think that the things that you mentioned before about this really being for, I would say ambidextrously. Tech savvy yeah. people who are already yeah. getting into different levels of their content creation and whatnot is so true because it is going to take uh, another level of this. I think another really interesting thing about this is that uh you could do it in a more uh company uh approach where similar to the Chaos Project, where there's different people coming in and there's a way to set it up within the the decentralized platform such that everybody can be automatically taken care of. You take out the the worry about contracts, you take out all middlemen. You don't need lawyers. You don't need anything like that. You can just agree upon something and know that there is a way that that is held to what it is because it's within uh the coding of it where everybody is automatically mm-hmm. involved in the project mm-hmm. to the level that they agreed to be involved at. Project mm-hmm. can grow. Mm-hmm. Um, And then people Mm -hmm. can more seamlessly work together as a team towards, say, if you wanted to do something uh, even bigger and say you had people that were dedicated to each aspect of the storytelling, Um, similar to how you Mm -hmm. can have a band, like you were saying, be Mm -hmm. just musicians. There can also be the people that kind of keep things going, like uh, like what you were, like an overseer. There can also be Mm -hmm. video people. There can be Mm -hmm. so much room, uh, to evolve. And I think that's an opportunity that for especially people that are having trouble finding a group of other artists that they align with going to spaces like song camp or going to spaces like forefront or trying to find these other communities that you've been diving through where they feel like they gel, um, could potentially Mm -hmm. find other people where, Instead of having the project be so much on the backs of maybe one or two funders, uh, it would be capable for people to go into essentially business together uh, with everything Mm -hmm. mapped out without any one person having to figure out the input of that. So you could say, um, you could say that, uh, you know, I value what I'm doing as. This much of a cost, and then this is this much of a cost. You figure out what all the costs are, break down what the cost of everything going in are, and then break out what what everybody takes out. There seems to be so many mm-hmm. different ways that this could mm-hmm. be so advantageous. Take out middleman, make it between the creatives themselves, yep. and make yep. it just about telling the best story possible with as yeah. much of the fluff out of the way. Um, yeah, yeah, really cool stuff going on in this for sure. I think that. This is a really good place for us to wrap up our conversation about it today. But at the same time with how things have been moving, I definitely think this would be a really interesting conversation to continue later on. So maybe we'll do a second episode or um, a follow up coming up here in maybe two months or so. Uh, We'll see. Yeah. I would just like to thank you so much for coming on again, for taking time out of your day to come here. I've been so inspired watching your progress, watching your process as well, and seeing you put all these elements together, um, seeing them come out. But then also from the outside, kind of thinking to myself, it almost seems like, there's a bigger thing that's being worked towards here. Seeing the changes happen in the Discord, I'm like seeing little <laughs> flags here and there and I'm like something's <laughs> going on here. He's planning something. And from the outside, I'm trying to think of what it is. So it's really cool for you to share what's going on the inside. So thank you so much for coming in oh, and yeah. sharing everything you've been doing, man. I'm so excited to see what comes. Oh out. man.
1: Oh man, thank you so much. What a blessing it is to get to have conversations with you like this. It's uh it's so amazing. I mean, not only are your questions always just wonderful, um, almost like effortlessly wonderful, is how they come across <laughs> to me. You. Like they're just going to be great questions because you just clearly care so much and put put care into how you ask. Whether they're questions that you came up with ahead of time or questions you come up with in the moment, it's just so clear that there's care that you put into them. So, man, always so happy to to talk to you because it's such a it's such a blast.
0: Hell yeah, man! Thank you, thank you. Until next time. Peace Thank and you. love. Peace, peace, peace. peace. <laughs> and shout out to you as the listener for making it to the end of the podcast. You are one of the real ones, and I appreciate you. Please don't hesitate to follow me, Vibe or Vibe on everything. Follow the podcast, like it, whatever it is that you do. I appreciate you. If you have any questions or if there's any guests you think I should have on, Please do not hesitate to send me a DM or a message through my website or my Instagram. And I will do my best to get them on. Until next time. We don't want to scare anybody.